Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. So this morning I want to open up with a word word of prayer, but before we do that, I want to encourage you all to act your faith with me that as we are talking about the word and that these scriptures are going forth, that you're believing that they're changing people here today, that they're affecting you, that they're affecting me, and that the anointing of God will fall upon this place and that lives will be changed. You see, you have a responsibility as a member of the body of Christ. When you walk in these doors, you have to act your faith. Nothing happens in the spiritual world before faith gets involved. There's a, there's a saying in the business world, nothing happens until somebody sells something. Well, take a spiritual inventory of your life. Nothing happened starting from salvation in your life until you had faith into what the Word of God says about Jesus and about you. So as we're here praying today and as we're speaking the Word, we're believing that it's going forth, not returning to Him void, but going to accomplish the purpose that He planned it to do. I struggled putting this message together because one of the things that I, that I was dealing with is that I thought, God, this is just such a simple thing. Who's going to want to hear from me? Who's going to want to hear this? And you know, the Lord very kindly drew me up short and said, Andrew, all you have to do is go up there and remind them of my utter commitment to them and to my word. You see, there has been my, my father's generation and Pastor Matt's generation, they were what I would consider a, a, a plowing generation. They've done a lot of work, and they've been in the fields, and they've plowed, and they've plowed, and they've plowed, and you know, they haven't seen a whole lot of fruit come from that work, but let me tell you something, we're entering into a harvest season, and it's what my generation is experiencing, and let me tell you something, the book of Jeremiah says that there's going to come a day when the plowman overtakes the harvester. And we're going to see that come together. So believe with me today. Let me just tell you something. This is for those of you that have worked and worked and worked and you haven't seen what you would consider fruit in your life. There will be a lot of days. I worked for this company. I worked for it for 11 years. And there are a lot of days that I, I'm like, God, why am I doing this? Why am I still here? What's the point? And I come into work and my boss has to sit me down and he goes, Andrew, let me remind you why we're doing this. Let me remind you how we're going to do it. And let me remind you about the results, that it's going to be great. So this message, what I'm going to give to you today, I want, to know, I want you to know that whether you've worked, lived with the Lord and been a believer for 30 or 40 years your entire life, or you've just come to the Lord, is that this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to get there. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. Lord, we just believe that when we read your word, we're not just reading words, Father, but we're reading the living, breathing, active word of God. Lord, your word says that it is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul, spirit, joints, and of marrow. And Father, we just pray that as it goes forth today, that it would convict and change people's lives, Father. We just bless you, Lord. We just ask that you would hide each and every one of us behind your presence today as we look to you for everything that we need, all things pertaining to life and godliness. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the the beautiful things about the Word of God and faith is that all you have to do in order to make 
it real is you just have to believe it. You see, it, he said, you enter into my presence through, with thanksgiving and my courts with praise. So that means when you put your faith in what he said, then you're right there. When you start praising and thanking God, you're right there. So turn with me. Today we're going to talk about the blessing of Abraham. What is it and why is it important to you? So turn with me to Genesis 12. Genesis 12, if you're there, say amen. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and so shall you be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed." This is one of the first times in the, New, in the Old Testament that you hear about Abraham. This is kind of the great starting point in the book of Genesis where we start to hear about his life. And it starts out in this wonderful way where God gives this uh, massive blessing that he pronounces over Abraham. So let's go back to verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, so this is the blessing. This is what he's doing. He's saying, now the Lord said to Abraham, go forth from your country and from your, your relatives and in your father's house to the land that I will show you. What if God said that to you? What if he said, go east, I'll show you the way? You might have it like, oh, um, anywhere out east? Uh, what about New York? Or, you, know, is it, you know, Lord, I'll settle for a county. Can you tell me the county? Maybe a street address. You see, here's a principle with God's blessing. Here's a principle. When he says something, it takes faith. How, how do you think Abraham felt when God said to him, just go? He had to make the choice, right? He had to say, okay, that's pretty vague, God, but you said go. And what was the promise? He said, I will show you. See, that's a part, and that's a part of God's promise and in the blessing of Abraham, and it's available to you and I, is that God will show you, but you need to understand the principle behind it, and sometimes you don't get all of the details, Sometimes he just says, go, and you have to believe that he's going to give you the rest. Verse 2, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and so shall you be a blessing. Here's another principle of God's blessing. It's never just for you. God never blesses you just for you. He doesn't give it to you just so you can be a dam. He said, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. He didn't say, out of your heart, I'll dump water in and it'll stay there and it'll become stagnant and stink. No, he said, no, out of your heart will flow. It's not just for you. When you begin to get a hold of what God says is available to you in the scriptures, you'll understand that the principle is, is that it's not just for you, it's for the body of Christ. And that goes so much, so, so further beyond just finances. You know, we so stop there. Some of the most generous people I've met don't have a lot of money. But let me tell you something, that they've blessed me up and down, and I am who I am today because I've got people in my life that said, you know what, there's a young man that needs a mentor. There's a young man that's willing to receive. So they, people have invested in my life. They didn't have to do that. You have no idea how, like, how many people I've had come alongside me and invest in my life. Because they said God has invested in mine, so it's my responsibility to invest in others. 
in others. And I will bless those, verse 3, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. Why is that important? Well, I'll tell you why that's important. Because think of it like this, okay? If you, if you worked for Microsoft, okay, and your dad was Bill Gates, right, and all of a sudden, somebody at that company started cursing you, saying bad, slandering your name, saying, okay, yeah, he's just, yeah, he's no good, he's always late on projects, you know. None of the things are true, but they just keep slandering you. And this gets back around to dad, right? Bill finds out. Bill doesn't even have to do anything. He doesn't have to go talk to that person. He just says, you know what? The things that they're saying about my son, those are the things that are true of them. So then all of a sudden, that, that person that's slandering you, once he finds out that the highest authority is not okay with him, one of two things are going to happen. He's either going to leave or he's going to get right with the highest authority. And that's available to you and I. Verse 4, so Abraham, I'm sorry, we're going to finish verse 3. And in you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Listen, some of the reason why we're in the quandary we are today in culture is because we don't view the world like God views the world. He sees things multi-generationally. It says here that all of the nations will be blessed through Abraham. Is Abraham alive today? He saw and obtained by faith what God had promised him. Each and every one of us are blessed today because of what? The obedience of Abraham. See, we need to understand that when we're, when we're receiving something from God and when we start to walk in things from the Lord, it's not just for us, it's also for our children and our children's children. And when we begin to take these things by faith, we can see things from two or three or four generations down because of our obedience to the word of God. My, my mom and dad came from a generation, they were what we would call first generation believers. They didn't come from parents that grew them up to know the Lord. Yet they stopped those things that were hampering and those generational things that, that were happening in their life. They broke them. And now my, my brothers, my sisters, were able to walk in a blessing that we didn't do anything for. They, they worked really hard. Let me just tell you something. Is it a lot easier to walk? If somebody blazes the jungle, would you rather be the one blazing the jungle or would you rather be the one walking behind the person that blazes the jungle? I want to tell you, I'll walk behind the person. It's easier. It just is, you know? And so that's what goes on multi-generationally is that we need to begin to do that and take a hold of that by faith is that when you are grabbing the promises of God, it's not just for you, it's for your kids, it's for your sons, your spiritual sons, and those that you'll be able to minister to. So what is the blessing of Abraham? Is it that he will lead you? That you're blessed to be a blessing? Is it that he'll curse those that curse you? Is it that it will be to many generations from here and now? Let's go to Galatians 3. So we're going to go Galatians 3, 1 through verse 10. Starts out, it says, you foolish Galatians. Stop right there. Listen to this. Let me, and this one's for free, okay? We live in a politically correct society, okay? How would you feel if, you, if, if Pastor Matt came up here and said, you stupid refuge? 
right? Sometimes we get a little too sensitive about things that are said. It's okay. Sometimes you can't hear it until somebody comes on like a freight train, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I needed to hear that, and they needed to hear it just like that. I didn't say it. The Word of God did. It started out, hey, you foolish Galatians, hey. So that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. It's okay that Pastor Matt said butt dust, okay? That's okay. He said it. He said it. It says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? There he goes again. Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith. Everyone say, hearing with faith. Even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, here we go, be sure that it is those who are of what? Faith. Who are the sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify, here's the heart of it, here's the heart of Abraham's blessing. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, preached the good news beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. The heart of Abraham's blessing is justification through Jesus Christ. Let me just tell you something. The word justified... You know what it means? It means to be pronounced or to be made righteous just as one ought to be. And that is what's available to you and I through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the Apostle Paul was dealing with the Galatians here. They were trying to obtain. See, he said, go back, go back. He says, verse 3, are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect for the flesh? In other words, they understood that they received faith, they received their salvation through faith, but then all of a sudden they were trying to walk out the rest of their life by good works. It snuck into their thinking. So here he, he's dealing with this. And let me just say, if you've been walking with God for 40 years, or if you're just coming into the fold, let me just tell you something. There is nothing that you can do to make you more right with God than you are right now. It's done. And what we try to do is we come, we start out with, we start out believing, we start out believing that we're saved, and then all of a sudden we try to maintain that salvation by working. Let me just tell you something. If you've ever had the thought, I'm going to do this for God, that's works. That's works. God doesn't need you to do anything. Now, it doesn't mean your Christians now doesn't have an active life, okay? Because you know, I could see it in the thoughts in your head. Four of you were like, well, well, James said faith without works is dead. It is. I know you were thinking it. I know you were. You see, but that's, let me just tell you, faith without works is dead. And let me, I, I, this is one of my favorite examples when we talk about the believer has one of the most active lives in the world, but it all stems from their faith and the finished facts, the accomplished facts of what we find in the Word of God. You see, one of my favorite examples of how, how, how do you, okay, how does that work? Okay, so I'm supposed to be justified by faith, and I can't work for righteousness, but how do, how do I then do things, right? So what, what's the point? Let me tell you something. If you, did, who, how many of you put clothes on today? 
Right, right, okay, thank you. Why did you choose that set of clothes? It's cute, thank you. You've heard this one before, haven't you? You chose that set of clothes because you believed something about it. You believe that, hey, if I put these clothes on, they're going to make me look good. How you believe about what those clothes were going to make you look like made you do something. How you believe about who you are in Christ and your thoughts about who you are and what the Word of God says, if you for one second think that I can, if I, if I give a little extra, throw an extra 20 in the offering plate, or if I, if I go witness 15 times today, you know, or if I do this, and then that's what's going to make finally break through the anointing in my life, and I'm going to get to go up there and preach in front of everybody. Let me just tell you something. If that's what's going on in your mind, your belief system is messed up. And we need to get it renewed to the Word of God that says, you've been justified by faith and faith alone. And that's done. And those are the settled facts. So let's go back to the beginning and understand how the Apostle Paul communicates this, how he communicates this to the Galatians. You see, one of the things that it's important to understand is there's no unique experience to the believer. The devil is not very creative. He's not creative at all. See, the things that the Apostle Paul wrote the Galatians about, the things that they were struggling with, are the same things that we struggle with today. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. So when you start to read it here, you're like, oh, yeah, actually, I do that. I do that. So there's no unique human experience. So when you read this, it applies to you. And you need, to, you need to believe it and take it that way. So let's go back to verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? In other words, he's saying to these people, hey, he, Jesus was there with you. He was there. He was, he was crucified right in front of you. What are you doing? Why, how did you get off on this path? Here in central Wisconsin... There's, a, there's this lady, and she's lived through, she lived through the Holocaust. But the interesting thing was is that when she, came, when, she came, she, when she got through it, she actually tried convincing people that the Holocaust never happened. And what would, what would we say to her? We'd probably say something like, you were there. What do you mean? The overwhelming amount of evidence. See, Go to go, you foolish Christian. Who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? Who has beguiled you? We need to be on our we need to be on our guard because let me just tell you something. The enemy is going to try to do this to me and you. There's no unique human experience. This may not seem important, but let me I will tell you my third point here why it's so important that we're on our guard against this mindset. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Let me ask you this. Which one of you, when you, were, when you received your salvation, did you feel like, oh, yeah, I, I, I worked 10 times. I, I did 10 push-ups, and yeah, that's how, that's how I got it. So that's what the Paul, Apostle Paul is asking here. Did you receive the Spirit by doing good works, or did you just believe it and you saw it happen in your life? Are you so foolish, verse 3, having begun by the Spirit... Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? In other words, he's saying, hey, listen, you started out good, but somewhere along the line, you lost focus and you started trying to obtain the outcome of your salvation. What? 
The outcome of your faith, as the Bible tells us, is what? The salvation of your soul. You tried to obtain it through good works. It doesn't work that way. When, when, you received, when you received salvation and you received the Holy Spirit, you, can, the, the, you never move away from the basis of faith in Jesus Christ, the elementary principles of Christ. You can never move away from Let me just say something. Sometimes we just try to, we try to really dig in and we're just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get something, you know, and, 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 and really God is just trying to remind you of some of the very base things because it does not take a genius to be full of the Holy Spirit, you know? The, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit doesn't need anything from us but faith. That's the only thing he needs, and he can do and work miracles in your life and all the things and promises in the Word of God that you read about yourself and you say, I don't feel it, I don't feel it. All God needs you to do is believe him, and when he said it's true, it's done, and that's it. You just need to move from that point. That's what justification by faith is. It's your baseline. That's it. It's your baseline. And you always come back to that because what? Our performance is very every day, right? Sometimes, like, well, I, you, know, I, you know, I screwed up and I did this and that. And here I'm Sunday morning and I can't raise, maybe I just halfway, maybe I can just raise halfway. I don't feel quite worthy enough to go all the, all the way. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I come in here on Sunday mornings, and, you know, my wife and I, we, we might have just gotten out of, a, you know, an argument because the kids spilled their Cheerios all over the ground or something like that, you know, and we may just not be feeling great, not feeling on top of the world, but I come in here, and we raise our hands, and we throw them up high because I've been justified, and that's it, and that's the, that, that's the end of it. And when Jesus said, Andrew, when you praise me and you enter in my gate, you enter into my gates. And you're right in the middle of my presence right then and there. And let me just tell you something. There is nothing in my performance that can affect, if you're believing in this and you're believing this, there's nothing in your performance that can affect who you are in Christ. Verse 6. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Why is that important? Because all of us, if, you, know, you know what the word right, righteousness means? Right standing with God. How many of you have ever once felt in your life, boy, I don't feel like I'm right standing with God? I've felt like that. Well, let me just tell you something. What does it say? Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him as right standing with God. It requires you to believe. And he said, you're right with me, so you're right with him. Amen? Therefore, you know, whenever the Bible says therefore, you always have to make sure that you understand the scriptures previous to it. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Why is it important to be a son? It's important to be a son and to act, act your faith in the term, in the little Christianese term there for you, act your faith, engage God, okay? It's important that we know who we are, that we are sons of Abraham, that we are sons of the living God, because a son is entitled to everything that his dad has. Everything. Everything that's a, that, 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 is a, that was in Christ Jesus, every, every, everything 
Every part of the scripture that you learn about the Lord is available to you when you obtain it by faith. Let's give a, let's give a, a definition of faith. Hebrews 1, or 11.1 1 says, faith is what? The evidence of things hoped for. You know what the word hoped for means in the Bible? It means confident expectation. So let's go back and say that again. Faith is the evidence of things confidently expected. We don't use the word hope right in our culture today. How many of you ever said, oh, I hope I win the lottery tonight or I hope the brewers win, you know? And you would come back and say, okay, what's your, what's your basis of hoping for that? Well, let me just tell you something. When you go to the Word and you say, hey, it is Christ in me, the confident expectation of glory, all of a sudden, you've got basis to hope for something. So when you say faith, it's because I'm confidently expecting that I am justified on the basis of Christ and what he did for me on the cross. I confidently expect it. Amen? So, why is it important to be a son? Because everything that's available to our, that, that's a, that, that our father has is available to, available to us as sons. I can remember the time I was sitting, my dad's a, a wonderful carpenter, and I was sitting in his shop, and I don't, if there's any, my brothers are all great carpenters. That gene kind of skipped me and kept going. You see, and so if there's anybody who doesn't need a tool or doesn't in my family or doesn't really understand the whole world of woodworking and power tools, it's me. And so I was sitting in my dad's shop one day, you know, ignorantly looking at all of his tools and like, oh, you know, admire. And let me say, my dad's the type of guy he'll he'll buy ten of every tool. And they're really good tools, okay? You know, he buys the the, deluxe 15,000, you know. He doesn't go get the one from Goodwill. He really buys nice tools, right? So I'm sitting in there, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, Dad, you got any recommendations for me? You know, I think I'd like to get some power tools. And I never will forget the look on his face and what he said to me. He said, son, why? (laughs) And I I was like, well, you know, I just, you know, I'm married now, and I just think it'd probably be good to get some tools. He said, son... I'm not going to be around forever. All of, my, all of what's mine is you can have. He said, and I, I walked away that day with like five or six new nice tools. And you know what? He had plenty more to give. Let me give you another example. I've worked for uh, this company here in Stevens Point for 11 years now. And um, I've found great favor with the president of the company. I don't know why. I just have had that favor. Well, I know why. It's because I've got, I've got the favor of the blessing of God all over my life. So that, that, that doesn't surprise me. When I, when you, let me just hear the, another free one for you, okay? When you start walking around, stop, stop, stop thinking things like, oh, I wonder if, I wonder if I'm going to get this. Day. Stop it. You're blessed. You are a blessed person. And when you walk into that boardroom or you walk into your classroom or you walk into whatever you're doing, you need to start thinking, I am a child of the living God and I'm expecting to have favor with men and women of the world. And you're going to have it and you're going to get things, not because, let me just tell you something, Bill Gates' son, he doesn't worry about where he's going to, you know, if, if he can get into the next restaurant or not. He confidently expects, because he's a son of Bill Gates, that he's going to walk into that restaurant, that they're going to, the maitre d' is going to move out of the way, and they're going to let him in. 
When you're the son and daughter of the living God, you can confidently expect that you're going to get things because of who you are. And that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, anyway, I found favor with this president. And we, we have coffee, and I love coffee. Right? Thank God for coffee. It's the, it's the lifeblood of corporate America. Amen? <laughs> so, I, we've got lunchroom coffee, and it's good coffee, okay? But the really good coffee is where? It's up in the president's office. You know. You know where it's at. So, about six months ago, I was, I was standing in the lunchroom like, man, I just, I don't want to drink this coffee right now. I really want to go get some of that stuff in El Presidente's office. So I kind of, I wander on up to his office and I sneak my head sheepishly around the corner and I see him in there sitting and I said, sir, would you mind if I went over there and got some of your coffee? And he looked at me and said, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> so I thought to myself, oh, those poor people down there drinking that lunchroom coffee. <laughs> so... Then I wandered, I wandered in there, and I, and, I, and I had my coffee. I enjoyed it. And then I let about a week or so go by. I thought, I worked up the nerve to do it again. <laughs> so I walked back up there, and this time I asked him, and he, and he looked at me a little, like, kind of, you know, frowning. He said, yeah, go ahead. So I had some, and this went on for about a month, okay, <laughs> till finally... The last time that I asked him, he, he, he looked at me, he turned his head, and he said, I told you you can have it. You don't need to ask me for it anymore. Go in there anytime you want, and you get that coffee. That's the position that we have in front of the Lord. Let me tell you something. There's about five or six people that are allowed to walk in that office anytime they want and get his coffee. And that's the position that we all have with Christ and Father. And the Father is that you can walk into his office anytime you want and get those things. They're available to you. And you didn't have to have a perfect week. You didn't have to have the perfect raise your hands on Sunday morning. No, you just have to believe that, hey, I'm the son of the Lord. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to get what belongs to me. Because let me just tell you something. It belongs to you. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Let's go to verse 10 because let me just tell you something. So, so if you want to know why, if you, if you go research in the New Testament how many times um, the, the apostles, the founders of the original church, referenced Abraham. It's numerous. Why? Because this is foundational things. And the enemy, he's going to come against the very foundation because he knows that if he can just put one chink in the foundation, he's got you. And let me show you why. So then, sorry, verse 10. This is why the enemy is so, and this is, again, you have to be on guard because it, you can move away from faith-based to workspace like that. It doesn't take, it doesn't, all it takes is a slight, mm, you know? And you may be walking with the Lord 40 or 50 years, and you still have to be on your guard. Verse 10, For as many are of the works of the law are under a curse. When you, 
whether known or unknown, let me ask you something. If you were to get pulled over by a police officer and you were speeding and you told him, sorry, sir, I didn't know I was speeding, what's he going to say? Ignorance is no excuse. You still broke the law, right? You still did it. Now, he may have mercy on you or may not, but the principle is, is that you still broke the law. So if you're living in an area, any area of your life where you are trying to obtain or, or walk by works rather than by faith, what does the Bible say that you're under? A curse. It's a curse. This is so important to get a hold of because the, um, there's another place in Scripture that we find that says, he who keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point is what? Guilty of the whole thing. So the devil doesn't care if you've got all your ducks in a row here, if he can get that one thing and you can come and try, you try to obtain your righteousness in one area, you're what? Guilty of the whole thing. How would you like to go to, how would you like to, go to court for a, a speeding ticket and get tried for a homicide? You see, we, get, we, we allow the enemy access into our lives when we try to obtain, obtain, obtain our righteousness through works. And, it's, and sometimes it's not very prevalent. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Sometimes, some, a lot of times, you don't, even, you don't even realize that you're doing it. That's why it's so important to gauge God on the basis, engage God on the basis of his word. And we pray to him and we say, Lord, peel back. Father, begin to peel back the layers of my mind and show me. When's the last time you've prayed to the Lord like David and said, Father, search my heart. Show me any unpure way. We need to begin to ask God to do that because you may be getting, you may be getting harassed in an area of your life and you think, God, I'm doing all the right things. Yeah, but you're guilty of the whole thing. See, we need to be able to go to the Lord and honestly ask him, Father, peel back the layers of where I'm at and renew my mind. So how does God do this? How does this practically, how does this look like when you walk it out? What does your everyday life look like? How do you begin to see the things that you need to start asking God to renew your mind in? Let's go to Romans 12. I love this scripture. It's absolutely one of my favorite scriptures in the Word because it's so practical. Romans 12, 2, and says, And do not be what? Conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God works out, any of you ever heard the scripture, work out your own salvation through fear and trembling? This is how he does it. If you, wanna, you want to grow in Christ, you want to see, you want to see the, 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 the blessing change, You've got to come to, the, on Romans 12, 2 is where it starts. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you, wanna, if you want to be different, if you're tired of looking in the mirror and going, I don't like that, then it's time for you to think differently. It's time for you to change the way you think. The way you think ultimately turns into the way you act. Go back to the example we had with who put clothes on today. You thought something, and it caused you to do something. So God 
we need to go to his scripture. We need to get our minds renewed. We are a product. We are a product. You know what we are? We're just filters. That's all we are. We're just filters. The things that we put into us, they will come out of us. You know? So let me ask you something. What's shaping your worldview? Is it the Word of God or is it Netflix? Is it the Word of God or is it CNN? Because let me just tell you something. You, I, don't, I don't care. It's just a principle and it works. It's just like gravity. This is going to work whether you believe in it or not. If you woke up this morning and were like, I'm going to not believe in gravity anymore. I'm done. Well, go jump off a building and let me know how that works for you. No, you see, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you whether you believe it or not. So the things that you put into yourself, the Bible says right here, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the things that you put into yourself, when you start putting in God's promises, justification by faith, you know, okay, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Okay, that's a thought pattern. That's not just something. That's a thought pattern. You have to think that way. God will show me the way. That's a thought pattern. That's, so instead of... Always looking to a natural, a natural answer. When's the last time you said, oh, actually, my first inclination was to go to the word. That's a thought pattern. I will curse those that curse you. That's a thought pattern. So you don't get all wigged out and walk in anxiousness and, and don't have peace in your life when you start coming up against trials because God already promised you. He didn't say he would, he would, he would keep you from them. He promised you the outcome of them would be the salvation of your souls, a faith more purified than gold. That's what he promised you. We, we, we are filters. So the things that you put in, the people you hang out with, the books you read, the movies you watch, the TV, the, the music you put into you, those are, going to, those are going to make you somebody. So let me ask you, what's shaping your worldview? Is it the word of God? Or is it all the external influences? See, you can't help but go to work. You can't help but be in this world. But the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And when we begin to believe that, you can actually start to walk in victory in your life. Nothing happens until you start believing God's word. Again, take a spiritual inventory of your life. Believe his word. He says, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove. The word prove means to test. It means to, um, uh, oh, I forget the Greek word for it now, but it, me- it means to test something whether it's genuine or not. So how, how many of you would like to test what the will of God is? How many of you would say, like, yeah, I need to know what the will of God here is in this, in, in, in this situation? Well, let, well, then go back to the beginning of the verse. Is your mind renewed? Are you able to test what the will of God is? Well, I don't really know. I don't really know. Well, well, are you in the word? Are you allowing it? See, we overcomplicate righteousness. We overcomplicate what it means to live godly in Christ Jesus. It's very simple. You put it in, God will be faithful to bring it out. And that's faith. Again, he said, go from your own country. You need to believe that. And you need to believe that when you step out in faith, God's going to do it. Let me just tell you something. The, the, the one of the wonderful things about getting your mind renewed, it's a wonderful thing because it begins to identify things that don't belong in your life anymore. 
So I want you to think about what would happen if you, okay, let's just, let's just play this out since we're talking about our buddy Bill, right? Let's go up to his mansion. Let's walk in his mansion, and we begin to admire how beautiful the entry doors are, and we admire how beautiful his outdoor balcony is, and how beautiful his patio is, and we're wandering around just like, oh, wow, this is so great, and we're just drinking it in, and then we get to his living room, and then in the, right in the middle of his living room, there's this nasty, broken down, looks like a hobo has been sleeping on it for six years, couch. You're looking at that, and you're like, what is that? You know the first thing that you're going to think that doesn't belong here. That's the very first thing you're going to think. So when you begin to get your mind renewed, it's really awesome because then the Holy Spirit can say, hey, that doesn't belong in there. Get it out. You see, we walk around, you know, we walk around saying things like, ah, I can't afford that. that. That doesn't belong in your vocabulary. Get it out. That's not what Bill Gates' kid says. I'll tell you that right now. We walk around and say, oh, man, it's Monday. Ugh. I hate Mondays. Get that out of your vocabulary. It doesn't belong in the son of the living God's category. You need to start coming to the Lord, okay, with a mentality of, I'm, I'm reading the living, breathing word of God, and it has the power to change and to, and to heal and to save, Right? Okay, we need to wrap this up. Go to Romans. <laughs> go to Romans 4:20. It's the last thing I have for you. This is so important because let me just tell you something. If you think for one second that when you get a hold of a promise of God that it's not going to be challenged, you're dead wrong. When you get hold of the scriptures and you get inspired and you're ready you're ready to start walking, and you put one foot out there. Let me just tell you something. The enemy is going to be right there telling you it's a lie. It doesn't work. And not only that, he's going to bring situations in your life that prove to you that it's a lie. So let's go here. No, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. No unbelief or distrust made him, Abraham, waver, doubtingly question concerning the promises of God but he grew strong in his faith and was empowered by faith as he what? Gave praise and glory to God. When you get into the situations that start to challenge who you are in Christ, this was Abraham, right? Let me just give you, this is, what, this is the most practical piece of advice that I can give you. When you get into those situations that start to challenge who you are in Christ, what did Abraham do? He praised God, and it grew his faith. There are so many places in Scripture that you can find that. It says in, it says in, it says in James, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. See, this is a principle. It works because God said it works. And that has to be enough for us that when you, when you start down this path and you start to realize that I am justified by faith, and I'm going to walk in the things that God has for me, you will get challenged, and you will get pressed, and you will feel pressures on every side. 
But when you, against everything that your natural man wants you to do, when you begin to release that back to the Lord and say, Jesus, thank you, that it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter what you're going through. God doesn't give any definition and say, this is the only way this works. He says, it doesn't matter. You release it back to Jesus and say, Father, you are Lord over this. You are King. Father, I give you all praise, glory, and honor. And I promise you that your faith will begin to grow and you will encourage yourself. So we're going to bring this to a close. And I want to encourage you that if you've never put your faith in Jesus, if you've never got, had that opportunity, if you're listening to this and you say, you know, I, I hear you. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't even know if, I, if, I'm, if I'm even a believer. I'm like, I'm not even in the bowl, dude. So I want to give you an opportunity right now to put your faith in the Lord. So with every eye closed and every eye bowed, if you want the opportunity to know Jesus and you want to know him intimately and you want to experience him in your life, I'd ask that you just raise your hand and we're going to pray together because I believe, amen, I believe that when you act your faith, when you make that declaration and say, Lord, become Lord of my life, that that's where it all starts and then you can begin to walk out and see the wonderful things that God has for you in his life. So pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And so Father, right now I lay down before you my performance and I just trust in Jesus' performance. Come, Come into my life be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.